Hello, what's up out there, America? Welcome to yet one more episode of Wheel Bite, Season 2, Episode 5. This week we are discussing Thrasher's King of the Road, how it has shifted for cable television, and it kind of continues our discussion last week that we had with Polly Harper about skateboarding in the mainstream. It sort of plays into that same idea with skateboarding being taken in by a larger audience and a more average audience and how King of the Road is pushing skateboarding both with skaters and with the average viewer. Mind you, this episode was recorded over the summer. King of the Road was still very much going on and at the time both of us were putting our money down on real winning the grand prize there but I was pretty shocked to see that Element ended up taking that check home. Also, we discuss a little bit about the shoes and board sponsor debate. This was actually the episode that spawned us to have this conversation, so we don't quite allude to it, but we do touch upon it. Not much to report on this week, but want to give a shout out to Tyshawn Jones. Congrats on being 2018's Skater of the Year. Speaking of King of the Road, my vote was on Evan Smith. Sort of feel like this was supposed to be his year, but eh, there's always next year, I guess, Evan. The way you're progressing, I don't think there will be any shortage of footage coming from you anytime soon. So let's just dive right in. Here it is, episode 5, season 2. King of the Road. Welcome to San Francisco. I feel like I feel like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow. East Coast powerhouse. From the New York, a fabulous restaurant. I'll give you a hundred bucks and I'll take out the Denny Harness and slide that 75-foot handrail. I especially like the flip of the board. Hello. Welcome to another episode, season two of Wheel Bite. Coming to you live from San Francisco, California. I am host one of two, Ted Theodore Mater. And with me, as always, is my man, Jay Green here. <clears throat> Jay Green here. Yeah, Sorry, we were... What the fuck was that? <laughs> the warm-up got to my voice. Yeah, dude. Jesus. Our, pre- he... our pre-recording session session. <laughs> I'm parched. Welcome to another... The show can't afford water. <laughs> Today, we're bringing up a topic to the table that has definitely been on our minds all summer. Because now it's become part of our regularly scheduled programming in this lifetime, and that is Thrasher's King of the Road. It has expanded far and beyond what it was in its earlier formative years and become a magnum giant that is on cable television, going into the homes of many mild-mannered Americans and... I mean, I don't really know how far Viceland's reach is, but for all we know, it could be going even further than the United States. It could be, now that I think about it with, like, King of the Road and stuff, they could be, like, the next MTV, but, like, way better, obviously. You mean Viceland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They totally could. I mean, they are a unique analysis of youth culture, on like i mean mtv well that's super accurate well they they focused on music that was their thing they focused on music but as time went on mtv's scope got a lot wider to the point now where m doesn't stand for music i don't want to get into i guess i made that that like connection immediately because i thought of jackass like me and you have talked prior to even really having this idea of doing a king of the road episode me and you have talked about how king of the road is very similar at least how it is now like what you guys are seeing on tv we'll get to the the beginning and older stuff later but it's basically like kind of like the new jackass sort of i mean it fits so many of those same motifs you have the 
fucking like freaking out of the public you have the performing outlandish stunts that go beyond skateboarding like jackass was very much rooted in skateboarding mm-hmm. you know if you can remember correctly there were skits that had like day one song in yeah. them but and th- just bam being involved of course bam's involvement and then like pulling some of his friends into the mix made it more skate centered and and the fact that it came from a skateboarding magazine much like King of the Road did, but the whole thing with Jackass was it was never advertised as a skateboarding no, no, thing. No, 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 it was no. more of this weird sort of subculture of people, and they were just going out and partaking in some crazy activities that would get a reaction or a laugh or whatever. You know, they haven't completely killed it at all. Like, there's still a lot of really dope skating going on, but there is more, it's more antic-y. Oh, yeah. Like, it's more, it's a it's little more shenanigan-focused. But we ha- we haven't even gotten into our warm-up I know, yet. sorry, yeah. No, no, like... you, you hit a big <laughs> nail right there sorry, with I, the fucking Viceland. I kind of brought it up early, but I know. We always talk about that, though. Like, or we've talked about it before, like, jackass and... Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd still, at some point, would love to do a whole episode about Big Brother and Jackass and that cultural evolution, but today is not that day. King of the Road King is the road. today. King of and the road. we thought it would be fun for our like little icebreaker intro thing to do what our ideal mystery guest would be, like who it would be. And... <laughs> When we were picking them out, like, obviously I had some, like, funny ideas. Because I like when they pull, like, random people from skating's past. Like, I was stoked the first season that, you know, Heath Kirchart was one, even though Heath didn't really do he shit. He bugged out. Yeah, he just That's looked, worth talking about. He, he looked bummed the whole time he was, he was super there. freaked out. You could tell he, like, immediately regretted it, and he didn't do, like, anything. No, I don't remember anything... I mean, Birdhouse still won it, but I don't remember Heath doing anything. I guess it was just for who he is in skateboarding. It was good for, like... Right. I'm not, like, laughing at him, but it was kind of like, oh, yeah, I guess guess that's kind of what I expect. Like, I'm not surprised, I should say, that he, like, kind of did that. Oh, no, that seems like his typical modus operandi. You know, he's just kind of like, eh, I'm here. <laughs> but um, I also remember, too, when they had, like, Peter Smolik as a guest, and I remember being like, that's tight, like, Smolik coming out the woodwork to fucking be on the show. But ideally, like, you know, I wanted to name some random pro of yesteryears as my pick, but then I thought about it. I'm like sure that. you're going to go deep. Well, I could have gone deep, but honestly, like... You told me, like, it's got to be someone who can hang that's well-rounded. Dude, how awesome would it be if your mystery guest was fucking the Gons? Oh, man. Like, you know the Gons could pull some weird shit out of his ass, and it would be super strange, and he'd do all, like, the weird tasks that, like... Not even, like, the weird naked ones. He'd do weird (laughs) tricks that everyone would be like, who the fuck is going to try that? The Gons probably will. He's a fucking creative genius. <laughs> if it weren't for his like age, which clearly in the grand scheme of things means absolutely nothing, you Ooh, know, he I would mean, still not... be that guy like innovating on some whole other shit. Just off the fact that he's the Gons, like he's going to be such a good addition to the van. Oh yeah. You know? That's that's not who I thought you were going <laughs> to choose. We obviously didn't tell each other before this. Man, you really kind of threw me threw me there. I actually really thought you were going to say who I was thinking. And my mystery guest would be, I was thinking of someone that I would, like, get along with. I could, like, smoke blunts with and, like, also completely add and, like, rip. Um, and I came with Tom Penny. Oh man, he would be a good one too. I mean, he's actually, you know, that's, that's like my version of you saying the Gons basically. I mean, Tom Penny was on that tip too, where he wasn't like the eccentric 
skater that the Gons is like, because the Gons does shit we look at and we're like, who would ever think to do that besides him? But Tom Penny would be the type of dude that would get like gnarly big things done quick. Like frontside flip this 15 stair and he'd be like, oh, okay, I'm Tom Penny. Right. I just need a bottle of red wine and he, I'll make it fucking happen. Exactly. He, you could just, he'd be chill, chilled out in the van smoking spliffs and he can skate tranny and street. So, yeah, I don't know. All-terrain ripper. And who doesn't want, like, a fucking legend like that just to, like, stoke everyone out? Oh, yeah. I mean, he'd be the kind of dude who just him being in the van and, like, at the spots with everyone, he would be creating that energy around him just because he's fucking Tom Penny. I'm glad that we both went, like, more person than not, obviously, the Gons and Tom Penny are two of the greats, but we went with more, like personality probably then because we both could have been like i want shane o'neill yeah oh yeah i want shane o'neill to do everything shane ever right everything. i want chris cole who fucking in apparently scored more points one season uh one go around than a, a whole team he scored more points himself in the book than the whole team which is believable because he's chris cole but that's it's pretty fucked up. I mean, that is the height of Chris Cole mixed to, with like, Jamie Thomas, like the like Jamie pushing yeah, Chris. To, I, I was gonna say they were always pretty good at pushing each other. I mean, when we look back at early King of the Road, you know, Zero was the team who fucking won it all the time, which kind of says something about the teams that King of the Road. I mean, they go for. Obviously, at this point, I think it's safe to say the vast majority of professional skate companies have been on King of the Road at some point. Although the only two that, like, I'd have to look into it, but I don't ever remember seeing, like, Black Label. Were they ever on the... No, I don't. I won't, don't think so. Never seen but... Zoo York on there either. Yeah, but those are both kind of, like... I really can't put it. I don't know if I can explain it properly, but like they're mainstream companies, but Zoo York is always kind of done. Yeah, they're kind of more. They've kind of you know what you know what I say. Those companies are kind of to the side a little bit. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, it does. Like you, like it's not it's not fucking girl and chocolate and zero and they're household names, but and Zoo York's also like. Isn't that like crazy corporately owned now, right? I mean, but so is Element. Yeah, but New York's different. New York's a little different. No, I guess in terms of how their business is run and like what their goals as a company like are. having New York and like Kmart and Walmart and shit. Yes, and having a New York team writer piss in their mouth on TV might not be the greatest. Might not be the greatest look for that but corporation. But then what does that say about someone like Black Label? You know, they... But the, the point is, we're, we're getting off topic at this point. The, <laughs> the whole thing I wanted to bring up was that King of the Road kind of has a vibe of what they want their teams <laughs> to kind of represent within skateboarding. They want the biggest people who are able to do the biggest shit. Like, that's not a question. I also think that they like i don't want to keep relating it to the tv stuff because there's been more more at this point not on tv oh yeah of course but i think that they you can tell from the beginning they like the same teams they like to have people who understand it i think a little bit so like you know jamie thomas's and and people like that your girl chocolate birdhouse uh, real anti-hero birdhouse all those teams element have done it it's actually kind of those teams have just been kind of swapped and you throw a toy machine in there and like now and foundation foundation and enjoy and it's really i mean that's a lot of teams we just named but they I mean, kind of just swap them. They are the bulk of what we know as commercialized skateboarding. Like, you know, all those are the teams that are on the top 
of the food chain. But I also wonder, too, I mean, we saw in that one documentary before it came to cable that he was making the call, but I wonder how much say Mike Burnett really does have every year in picking the teams because ultimately King of the Road is his brainchild. If there's anything in skateboarding that he will be remembered for, and I mean, he's a great photographer. I don't want to take away from that. He is a fantastic photographer. But... He brought the King of the Road idea to the mag, and it has forever changed the public view of Thrasher. Like, Thrasher was already enormous, don't get me wrong. Sure, totally. But now Thrasher is on cable, and people who have no interest in skateboarding have an idea of what they are because of that. It's all become really ironic. Thrasher leading the ship of skateboarding on TV. Thank, thankfully, it is Thrasher, you know? I know. It could have gone a lot worse. But it is still ironic. I, I'm glad, now saying it out loud, I'm glad that they're the ones doing it and executing it. Tony Vitello and Burnett and phelps and crew and the photographers that they work with and stuff like that the videographers um but it's ironic it is ironic that thrasher even just the name thrasher is so aggressive like they've always been looked at they have they use a fucking pentagram for a bunch of their graphics they're like big bad hard mean punk skateboard brand for so long and i mean let's not forget too though that Skateboarding was on TV before that. You know, you had the X Games and stuff on ESPN. But again, competition. Not but then like meanwhile, this, you, though. you also had stuff like the Fuel TV Network, which was like all these weird shows highlighting action sports in like a very but Blue Torch. Kind of like what a do you know about Blue Torch? Strange way. I don't. I vaguely remember Blue. Blue Torch, Torch is one of the ones that they would play, and it had it was like extreme sports. It'd be like. Oh, yeah, it was like a variety show. Uh, it was like, like surfing, motocross, skating, BMX, like They'd always play some blading. crazy, lame metal bands. Yeah, the worst, like, montage music ever. Yeah, I feel like Fuel TV never got it right, and MTV tried too hard to exploit it. But because Vice is so, like, has their fingers on the pulse of the youth... And Thrasher truly understands skateboarding on a very different level. Well, Thrasher had the product already. Well, and the name, obviously. Well, no, they had the, like, they had King of the Road going already. Oh, You know what I mean? So, like, Vice picked it up later on. You know what I mean? So they already had their thing. So it was, like, kind of more like a marriage type of thing where like they picked it up from the webisodes or they picked it up to the webisodes and then the webisodes turned into the tv yeah and initially king of the road was just a thing in the magazine and you could send away for like a dvd it was like a dvd that wasn't even that long i don't think i've seen i saw a few and they were i mean they're clearly were not as detailed as what we're watching now or the webisodes. Yeah, I mean, and the webisodes, mind you, weren't even necessarily super detailed. I used to watch it at, like, a bar. There would be a bar I would go to in the Richmond, and every now and then they'd throw, like, random King of the Road shit on the TV if it was a slow night. And most of that shit was, you know, they'd show what the thing, the objective was, how many points it was, They'd show maybe, like, a couple tries that were crazy or, like, where someone fell really hard. And then they'd show the make and move on. It was all so, like, quick-paced, you know? The snap of your fingers that you're on to the next thing. And that's kind of how they broadcasted it for a long time because they could only fit so much into those webisodes and keep people's attention for so long. When it started... I think the first few years, mm-hmm. it was like they did a mag on it or like an an issue or an edition. So every year it was like King of the Road edition mm-hmm. that month of Thrasher magazine. And then they would go through, they would have a whole section of like 
random like photos, you know, like naked dude jumping off a van or whatever. I don't know. It's completely it's it's kept its roots, but it's also I don't know. You can tell that they're like kind of to the point of inviting the same teams back. Mm-hmm. They're almost they're essentially character building. Like they have all these like returning characters, Mike Sinclair, Evan Smith, Nyjah, like all these people have been, you know, through it and it's uh it's definitely a TV show. I mean, it was made to be on cable even the way they formatted these new episodes, it's very much based in the same realm that reality television shows are made in. The way they interview everyone and get their opinion, the way they really build up the drama of someone trying this trick over and over and over, they're really going all out to put story into each episode rather than just show you them completing the challenge and getting the points and you're on to the next thing as soon as like it's happened i don't hate it no not at all i think it's awesome like i'm stoked that there's actually a show like this that comes on once a week during the summer that i'm genuinely hyped to watch because not only do i get to see a bunch of skaters and a culture that i love being broadcasted to the world and there's so many different things about it that I appreciate it. Like, I appreciate the fact that they were skating all these spots down the street from where I live. Shout out to right by my house. They were skating right down from where I live, and that shit's being broadcasted on TV. These are spots I pass every day of my fucking life, and that's so cool to me. Well, you and- happen to live in... True. A skateboard but, mecca. But, you know, other people get to say that, too. Like, people in Washington and all the other, like, states they end up driving through. People in Hawaii, I guess, after last season. But my whole thing... Yeah, how far east have they gone? I mean, in some of the older ones, I remember... They were in, like, the Midwest? They did the Midwest, or they did, like, fucking, like, Philadelphia to Florida... Did they? No. I remember, I remember there was one year where they were just trucking down the East Coast, and that was the year, I know Element was on it, and one of them, I want to say it was Nyjah, did some like crazy huge rail. Like, I think they even showed it Dreadlock when they were introing him. No, he was, he was posh model boy Nyjah at this point for sure. It oh, was the that, that bail. No, I know the bail you're talking yeah. about. But that was on the East Coast somewhere, like, and I it was the yeah flip was on the show that year too, and they were in Boston because they were at Orchard Skate Shop at one point. Like, I do remember all that stuff, but honestly, yeah, they've kept most of the uh, cable seasons on the western side of the country because even last year they started in New Mexico and just sort of like worked yeah, their yeah. way west. I mean, I want them to go back to further and farther places at some point, I hope. But that's the whole thing. You know, Jamie Thomas and the Zero Team, they say the reason, one of the reasons they were able to win it so many times is because Jamie has <clears throat> notebooks of spots and, like, has people to call in every city from being, like, such a road dog over the years. But... Now, I feel, too, a lot of the spots are just sort of handed to them. Like, obviously, they go out and find some stuff, and they do go to the local parks and try to They're with a fucking film crew now. But, yeah, like, I honestly wonder if one of the reasons why they get sent to some of these spots is because they need permits or something like that. Yeah, maybe. Obviously, that's that's not always the case. No, that's a really good point, though, is that how much harder it was back then just to like they were kind of on their own and didn't have necessarily like they had the book and then sure they had their map and probably like you know their points or whatever meetup points but yeah that's totally a good point that now they're just like like each team has their own film crew, if not like a whole production crew and everything. And granted, that film and production crew is made up of some of skateboarding's finest videographers and photographers. No, I'm saying outside of that. Oh, like I'm talking about the people, the production crew for Viceland. 
Oh, you're talking about like the producers who are who, who are filming the show, the show. And run yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. You can actually hear they're doing the thing, this thing this season, where like they'll caption what like a a producer is like asking some one of uh, one of the skaters or people on the show. Well, do we know if that's a producer or do we know if that's just someone on the team, like a manager? Uh, I mean, I guess it could be anyone. But just I don't know why liked. it's someone that's not on camera. Right. And that is a common technique for such things. But you're right. I mean, they're pumping all this money into it. It would be shitty if they wasted a whole day like going to a spot and getting kicked out. It's definitely changing, like we said, into way more of a TV show. I would love to he- I would love to be in or hear those meetings where they're planning that shit out where they're trying to like a king of the road uh, marketing meeting oh yeah that would be amazing to be a fly on that wall and you know one of the things too that they're trying to do is keep it a little safer for television yeah 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 and i don't mean safe and like we can't show anything bad because obviously they're showing some pretty gnarly stuff but i mean we were talking before we were recording tonight, about how there's way less makeouts this season. And that was one of the big things in those web series, like seeing like dirtbag Clint Walker fucking making out with a ton of chicks or fucking... Well, that was just a couple seasons ago. I mean, he was doing it that first season on cable, but he was also one of the ones who did it when it was a web series, and that's why they had him doing it in that first season because he's the makeout guy yeah he's a character he could do it and then also like i don't they're still promoting tons of naked stuff let's let's get real yeah it's still dirt like got some dirtbag tendencies there's actually a lot i feel like a lot more like piss and shit stuff yeah, they're not afraid to really embellish on that anymore. And again, weird considering it's on cable, but I just want to take the time. I was talking to my homie about this at a barbecue, and I want to just take this second to recognize and call out that every time on King of the Road that there's a drink your own piss challenge or something of that sort, the skaters always piss out the most raunchy brown piss ever, and they drink that right away. These guys don't know that if you drink like three cups of water and pee a few times, your pee basically becomes water. They're always drinking the most foul, raunchy brown Because they're always drinking piss. beer in the van, probably. No, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, they're not living any sort of hydrated, healthy life. But I just always thought about, like, oh, if I had to do that, like, that's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Side note, we can done with that. Maybe your day will come. <laughs> God, I don't know. I just, yeah, I might have jinxed myself. And one thing we should definitely add about it coming to cable, I mean, how nice is it? To see Andy Roy truly getting his spotlight after all these years. I mean, when he was a skater in the 90s, he had a reputation and he was a character. But I don't think anyone saw him getting to where he is right now. What a trip. huh? What a ride. What a wild ride he's had in skateboarding. Yeah. And I'm happy that he's able to like have this outlet now and... He's the right person for it, honestly. Like, love him or hate him, he is. He plays his hype man role. And it's not even playing the role. Like, that's Andy Roy. If you've ever seen him in real life, if you've ever had the pleasure, or, you know, if you ever, if you know anything about him, like, he's not playing that role. No, that's but, him. But he's perfect for that role, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. That's Andy Roy to a T. The perfect hype man to like, it's such a great dynamic of Burnett and Andy Roy. Burnett's just like, all right, kind of like the, the facilitator and the brains behind it, and Andy is like the face of Thrasher, screaming, hyping yeah, everyone the, up. He's got that energy that you want, while Burnett's just like, I'm going to be properly smart and tactical, <laughs> properly explaining everything, and Andy's just in the background, just rabid. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great that he is the face of that show. Burnett's the brain, 
Andy's the face. And I guess at the grand scheme of it all, Jake Phelps is the heart. Sure. Anything to do with Thrasher. Well, Jake Phelps, I mean, he still kind of has the, the like, I can't remember what it's called exactly, the, like, Phelps approval challenge, basically, like, where he picks the thing someone does that's the gnarliest thing. Oh, like, yeah, Phelps' choice or Felper's whatever. Phelps' choice, yeah. Something like that. Which is smart because in skateboarding, <laughs> Phelps' approval is honestly the thing you probably want. So what do you think now the public's what is, what's the public gonna take from this because i've heard skaters have like mixed feelings like i have a homie who's like uh, i don't know like i'm kind of like kind of like fucking of the road it's on tv and it's like corny and the skating is just like very guided and like you know and i wonder what what is the public taking from it is it is it helping skateboarding? Is it hurting skateboarding? I can imagine maybe a middle-aged woman who comes across an episode of King of the Road. Like her kids watching it Maybe or something. something like that. And she's just like, doesn't know maybe much about skateboarding or the culture. And she's just immediately associating skateboarding with piss, drinking your own piss. And like... Chugging beers down Chugging your beers asshole. and like skating naked and like staying up all night all day and all night i mean i don't want to bring this back to jackass or does but it i'm help going it? to for a second because they were they were loved oh i know they were but not by everybody and certainly when that show came out not by my parents you yes. know my parents uh-huh. were probably not stoked on jackass although i don't even think Honestly, I mean, my parents were strict when I was 11 years old, so I had a fucking, like, time where I had to be in my room. TV was off, and it was, like, 9 o'clock on a fucking school night. By the time Jackass would air, I was in bed, probably. But they were not letting me watch that shit, it's and I'm pretty so sure I only caught funny it. to me that you weren't allowed to watch Jackass. I mean, it's not like they knew what it was. Even when you were in, like, high school oh, well, you got older? Oh, when I was older? in high school, it was over. Like, I'd already been corrupted enough by that point, and I remember actually in ninth grade, my mom dropping me off at the movie theater knowing that I was gonna go into a rated R movie and see the first Jackass movie. But... Had I been at home watching TV and she came in and saw like Chris Pontius skating naked down the San Diego boardwalk, oh, she'd have fucking lost it. She'd been like, what the fuck are you watching? Then never again in my house. It was bad enough when she walked in during Mall Rats when the fucking topless fortune teller has the third the nipple. third nipple. And like she walked in on that once. And at that point, I was about to be in high school she was she had lost me now i was already corrupt as fuck but she saw that and was just like wow i can't believe i let you buy this movie you're the funniest i'm just picturing your oh god picturing your high school life as like a mix of like dawson's creek and like american pie just like so like I wish my high school life was that cliched because I'd have probably had a lot more sex, but (laughs) it wasn't, and I didn't. Yes, I can just picture your mom walking in and, like, the timing of that. It's like, how does that happen? Like, these parents, it's, like, so cliche. It did happen a lot, and I'm sure it happens to kids watching King of the Road nowadays. The question is, do parents care as much because there's far less taboos when it comes to that shit anymore not only that we have a fucking president who it's common knowledge was possibly urinated on by russian hookers so well there goes to the point of their clear attempt at character building so i say does it help or hurt the face of skateboarding and there's one side of the nasty ridiculous wild shenanigans they're doing and then there's the other side of sweet and funny and likable mike sinclair or like yeah or like oh him and nick merlino are real pals like like, on the road together oh well i really like that that's my mom voice right there (laughs) i really 
really like that, you know, the guy who's the manager, you know, he's really sweet. Exactly. And I think there is that side of it. And I think, honestly, by today's standards, if a kid is watching King of the Road, chances are it's going to probably inspire them to pick up a skateboard. And if they go and pick up a skateboard, that is a good thing. And a parent is probably going to be thrilled that their kid is taking interest in anything that's not a fucking video game system. So Mm. I'm sure it does win some people over in the general public, but I'm also sure at the same time it freaks out parents. But then again, I don't know. I mean, you're from the city. You know, growing up where I grew up, skateboarding freaked out my parents at a young age. Like when I was substantially younger and I wanted to go to the skate park or the skate shop and like people at the skate shop where I'm from weren't always nice and like kind of looked down on anyone who didn't, know what they were talking about which definitely was my mom and i'm going in to buy my first pair of skate shoes and she's like asking all these dumb questions mom shut up exactly mom shut up i'm gonna buy these circas (laughs) yeah the mark apple yards nah they were adrian lopez's Uh, i had the apple yards i definitely hope that it it brings that kind of attention to skateboarding it's gonna get both i mean it's gonna get both but like what i don't know what are people siding with more you know i'd actually probably say that it's more on the side of turning skateboarding more likable and digestible it definitely believe it or not with all the nasty shit that goes on in the show believe it or not i think it may i don't know it may kind of just warm up to people well one of my friends back home who's super into it, we did not grow up skating together. He never was, like, in that group of friends. I knew him from going to school together and playing in the school band and growing up down the street. We never had skateboarding in common, but he fucking loves King of the Road. And, like, I remember after the first season was on cable... Like, maybe halfway through, he, like, hits me up one day. He's like, hey, man, have you heard of this show called King of the Road? Well, I've, yeah. And I'm like, of course I have. Like, come on, man, what do you take me for? But for him, he didn't know what the fuck it was. And he watches every season now, and he'll hit me up every now and then and ask me questions about, like, this person or that person or, like, if, if this trick has ever been done before. And that is something I think is fascinating that's being broadcasted to the masses. The skating that is coming out of this show, without a doubt, is groundbreaking all the time. Like, the fact that Foundation on this most recent season went to that Cardiel rail that, like, only one or two people have ever done, and Cardiel didn't even do it. Yeah. He just tried it enough times and fucked himself up over and over and over again to the point where like his name is unanimous with that rail but they went and tried a trick and like the fact too that someone was even trying something else on it that's like a little nugget of skate progression right there and and it's cool that it was on cable everyone saw it that that's thrasher like that's thrasher's touch on it now maybe someone your homie or we've said this on i feel like a few other episodes definitely the epically later episode of like our friends hitting us up and being like hey have you heard of epically later you heard of king of the road and it's just being digested by a whole other crowd and goddamn viceland did a fucking good job and thrasher has done a good job with all of that and it's completely spread i can for i would say in the right way that they want it to within skating Well, I want to go back more to what I was saying about how it's like progressing skating forward in that sense. You know, they're doing things on that show that they put it in the book because they're like, ha ha, this is impossible. No one's ever going to do it. And then people fucking do it. I've definitely seen some of the most mind blowing shit. Well, one of my favorite. On King of the Road. One of my favorite things last year was one. Like that I've seen ever. I don't even remember who the guy on Creature was that did it, but like they were doing the longest rail. They go to that rail and the dude 50 50s it, and they're like, ha, we got that so fast. No one's going to beat that. And then they put a bike lock on it too to fucking make sure no one else could hit it. But then Enjoy shows up. They cut the bike lock, and I think it's Jackson Pills. It's either him or Ben Ramers, but someone fucking feebles the fucking rail and it's like 
it's the same idea from back in the day where Rob Deerdeck and Chris Markovich were on the same session at Carlsbad, and Deerdeck switched Ollie Carlsbad, got a photo, thought it was going to be the cover. And then that same afternoon, Markovich kick-flipped it and fucking pulled the rug out from under him. We've kind of touched on this in a different light, and different context, but there's always been a definite, undeniable like air of competition in skating. And you can call it, you don't have to call it competition. You can call it like, I like to skate with this person because he fucking rips and he pushes me, that type of thing. Or, you know, or you can call it competition as well. You just can't deny that, I guess, that there is going to be some sort of back and forth, I guess. And Thrasher has put it in a completely different context where it definitely is a competition. Like they get a prize, they're accumulating points, they're trying specific goals. I would say it's pushing skateboarding. Like I said, some of the gnarliest stuff I've ever seen has happened on King of the Road. The kickflip onto another board down a set of stairs. I mean, that's something that I mean has like progressed skating even further. Like you would have never thought that was possible a few years ago. And here we are now. It's like a common thing on King of the Road where they're like, what can we try this year to get on a second skateboard? Or even just the fact, too, that like they're trying these kinked rails because they're like, oh, like get a rail that has over four kinks or something and someone does it. Like They keep picking things that they don't think anyone is going to get and then someone gets it. We talked about this on last season where we talked about like our competitions like the x games and stuff and king of the road it is a competition it's more a competition the way american idol is a competition in the sense that you build up all this shit king of the road's case like 11 or 12 days of fucking skating but i mean it's that same build up you're going it's a competition that lasts several days and it's really making you get a run for your money it's all it's like kind of like a mind fuck for all the skaters in the van because these skaters are used to being in a van and used to like being road warriors and hopping out at random spots and shit like that but it's different in the sense where if you're on a trip and you've been trying a trick for two or three hours just to get a clip or a photo you can leave You can bounce and you can be like, okay, I'll come back or I'm over it. Fuck it. In this case, no. You have nowhere to go except for your next destination and you're trying to get these fucking points. Not only has it pushed skateboarding, uh, you know, trick-wise and innovation, but it's pushed skateboarding in that sense to where skaters – Believe it or not, like they put their bodies and and minds through a lot, but this is taking it to a whole new level because it's a 12-day competition or something. 12 days, right? Like that's the point of why they're out there. They can't necessarily wash their hands clean after this. They're like, no, you're, you're doing this and like we need the points. But also because it's so personal between people in the van and the other three vans, or I'm sorry, between people in the van and between the people in one van versus another van, the rivalry gets super intense. You know, it's not like the Yankees and Red Sox are rivals because it's like a long line of tradition and haha, fuck Boston, fuck New York, or same thing with San Francisco and L.A., on the baseball who knows man in like 15 years the the uh birdhouse chocolate rivalry is gonna be like just as thick as the giants dodgers that would be ridiculous but i feel like with skateboarding it's never about a team hating another team it's always something personal it's always individual you know it's like this person does not vibe with this person and therefore, if they're all at spots together where they have to kind of be together, you know. That's good for the public to see also that not all skaters are the same. 
Oh, like totally. other skaters can fucking hate skaters and be completely different from each other. Mm-hmm. They all have their own set of characteristics that make them unique. And that's one of the things I think about King of the Road in general is how it's made like stars and characters out of people. Like we talked about Mike Sinclair. I like that in the newer episodes, they're bringing people like Joe Brooke and fucking Rhino and like all these thrasher staff members into the mix even like beagle last season but then look at some of the beagles does totally deserves to be a tv character that oh definitely he like i knew as soon as death wish was going to be on that season that beagle would be a highlight of the trip but look back at some of the old like the web series and how like they really shown on like how Nyjah is this fucking ripper and not just a contest fucking whore and how Jaws is like willing to do the craziest fucking shit or how Chris Cole is as amazing as we all think he is all the time you know that's what they were able to show throughout all these different seasons of King of the Road you know they really allowed skaters abilities to shine through that like because the video part is one thing you know what's it like when there's money on the line and time on the clock and i think this is obviously different from your x games or your do tours whatever like because your run is not a minute or something but there is still a clock running how do you feel about the Jamie Thomas factor. He, Maybe a little background first. Jamie Thomas in Zero won King of the Road 2004, 2005, and 2006. And like you said earlier, he came extremely prepared. He had spot lists. He's, if you know anything about Jamie Thomas, he's a perfectionist. And he's a hard fucking worker. He's a hard worker. And he's also been known to kind of be a little bit of a dick and push his skaters and be maybe a little too I say he's a dick because of a few a few things um he definitely has a reputation of like that's not good enough well we both do that sitting better here in this room know that Jamie Thomas is my favorite skater of all time. I know, time. and I also love, but, to, love to push your buttons on the topic. But So, the story goes, oh, yeah. is one of the team riders did a trick, or did some kind of fuckery. I think it was like a hang 10, or uh, standing, whatever, on the board, flying down a set of stairs, and the guy did it. And Jamie said, I want to film it better. Do it again. And the guy does it again, or attempts to, and ends up blowing his fucking meniscus out. That's fucked up. That's super fucked up. A, that's fucked up in any case, whether it's in King of the Road or just a session that Jamie Thomas is on. That's like a fierce fucking competitive spirit. Yeah, but I mean, look at Birdhouse throughout the years, too. I mean... They're definitely the two main... Not yeah, they're the two I mean, main Jaws contenders. Jaws is less in your face than Jamie Thomas is about that. Stuff. He is, but he's super like go getter, right? When he's in the competition. Oh, absolutely. He wants to do any and everything. But what do I think about Jamie Thomas? If you're yeah, on, what do you? I want your actual opinion. Well, on Well, I feel like if you're on his team, you've obviously I stuck it actually... out quite a bit and know what to kind of expect. Like this is what he expects out of people. Whether specifically not, with the stair thing. Specifically with that, I think that's fucked up. It's different now. It was completely avoidable. Like, he had done it already. Yeah, and I mean, it's not for the new Zero video, it's for King of the Road. Right. So, I think Jamie should have just let it go. But now that's why, on cable, they have the best fucking filmers from the Thrasher staff or from the team's staff to make sure that everything is captured perfectly. There's one staff filmer and one photographer back in the day for the original first like handful of King of the Red. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, they were running on a skeleton crew. But and they now, have multiple angles of everything now. Yeah, and they don't just have like rando yeah. filmers like Rick Cossack films King of the Road every year. Or fucking, um, 
uh, I mean, just having Beagle and fucking, what's the guy on Foundation? Don Luong and all those people who film those guys all day, every day, is a huge deal because you have the filmer that you trust with your team 24-7. Now, granted, Jamie probably is a guy who is filming most of the Zero videos because that's kind of always been how he does. However, again, I think that considering at this point, too, King of the Road was still kind of in his infancy and it wasn't relying on these crazy angles, then Jamie should have just been like, yeah, we got it. Let's get the fuck out of here and get on the road. There's another good example that a lot of people do know about because it was televised and the Jamie Thomas stuff was like a while ago. It's a different side of, it's a different look at competitive spirit, which is what happened between Raven and Clint. What, uh, well, that's what I was thinking of when I thought about rivalries. Name? Clint Walker. Clint Walker, yeah. That's what I was thinking about with rivalries before. Like, you know? that was gnarly. Like, that was super gnarly what happened. Oh, yeah. And they were, like, Raven was ready to go to fucking war for that shit. And I don't blame him because what Clint Walker did was fucked up. And I also technically felt like the Birdhouse team at that point in the contest was cheating. Like, they were in the L.A. They were driving around in two cars because they're like, oh, we're going to stop at this person's house and get a car. And... That's not how it's supposed to be. Like you're supposed to all be in the van together. And they doing had a that target shit. on their back because they had won a bunch already too. Oh, of course. And of, and they won again. It didn't stop them whatsoever from yeah. winning. They were super jockey about it though. But then so was Creature, and that's where I felt last season is where it kind of started to shift a little from that jockeyer side of things because here you had Death Wish and Enjoy. Two teams where, like, they were just trying to have a good time and do some groundbreaking shit. Like, Deathwish did not win, but Jamie Foy was winning everyone's heart in America. <laughs> and one skater <laughs> and of the one year. And one skater of the year. And, like, even Enjoy, like, they won first place, and they were the nice guys. They never really wanted to fuck anyone's day up. They just wanted to get points. That season, too, had a number of things that I appreciated, and one of them, too, was the all-female mystery guests. Talk about making, like, the show likable and digestible. They bring on a whole crew, which it was about time. There's a whole roster of ripping girls out there now. Yeah, and not only that, talking about how certain skaters have become bigger names because of their time on the show... I can't think of people who have done better from that than Nora Nora's, and Samaria yeah. Brevard because Samaria went pro last year for Enjoy, the team she was on the road with, and she was pretty sure she was sponsorless before that. And now Nora is like one of the most likable characters in, in skateboarding. Yeah, and I think Burnett kind of even talked about that when he introduced her as a mystery guest. And he said, like, what a personality she was and how it was going to kind of shine through on King of the Road. And sure enough, it did. And now, like, she's getting interviews in Rolling Stone because everyone knows who the fuck she is. And I'm sure being on cable helped that cause, as well as, you know, getting a female pro model Adidas shoe. And I'm going to go ahead and say shit. you're going to see those see those ladies soon on a ep on a season of king of the road in the next year or two for sure i don't know it makes perfect sense it's all perfect timing and viceland is doing a good job capitalizing on it because skateboarding it's perfect timing also because skateboarding is just like this fucking crazy ball of fire right now and it's taking over everything yeah i'm not mad at the way it's being presented necessarily it is a little wacky but where do you think it can go i mean that or will go and as far as its life on tv i feel like this episode was dominated by all the tv talk which is kind of bullshit but I mean, that was the crux of what this was about, though. Like, we wanted to talk about how it Where is. Where it's become. No, for sure. Yeah, for what sure. it's turned into. I mean, 
I don't think it's changed much. It's just been drawn out more. Like, well, since it's been on TV, I don't think it's like I'm trying to see where I can, where it can possibly end up, and where they're gonna go with it, and how it can. Maybe it's just like more stuff like that, more more stuff that's gonna appeal to a more mass crowd, more celebrity, Bam Margera's, uh, Margera's, Tyler the Creators, and pe- household names like that maybe involved. There's that element of it. But here are the two things that I would like to see in terms of how they could change it and progress further. One is terrain. Why are we just sticking to America? You yeah. know? Yeah. I mean, we we noted earlier how it's been mostly on the western side of the country the last like since it's been on cable, but before they had different runs like where people were going down the east coast or across the Midwest or whatever, there were there was other terrain within America and I'm sure they're going to eventually work their way back to that on the cable show. I'm shocked that they haven't done Yeah, like started in New York and worked their way to Miami. Like or that seems like you doable could do as fuck. Europe so easily. Well, that's what I was gonna say. I'd love to see Europe. I'd love to see South America. Yeah. I'd love to see fucking Asia. Like why don't we have oh, King yeah. of the Road in China? That would be fucking awesome. And then the other thing I'd like to see is not just doing board companies anymore. How awesome would a fucking shoe company King of the Road competition be? Lakai versus Nike versus Converse. Yeah. And that's just like spitballing. I mean, that's those, the way the shoe industry and like shoe teams have evolved in skateboarding, we know now it's safe to say that shoe companies now define you more than your board company absolutely and because of that i'm waiting for that to be the basis of a king of the road competition picking from nike and adidas rosters oh absolutely that's awesome and now on a side note of that not just shoe company i'd love to see some underdog companies get a chance because so on this season one of the things they did was hang out with the pizza skateboards crew all day. Yeah, yeah. And the whole challenge was actually about how sick of a flat bar skater Michael Paluzzi is. Yeah, and that's awesome. So why can't pizza be one of the selections? Yeah, but then again, back to the point of like trying to make it more of a household thing and and people that they recognize maybe already a little bit and feel comfortable with, it totally makes sense. I can see why a, a TV show is not putting these smaller companies involved. For marketability, totally. But I agree with you, though. But I would love to see Pizza yeah. or Fancy Lad or Dime or any of those fucking dudes getting their shot. They have the budget, though, to take this shit wherever the fuck they want. And I think now it's just a matter of what is legally allowed to be done, considering we are living in fucked up times where travel and permits and shit aren't necessarily as attainable as they were, say, five, ten years ago. Well, they got to go through a hell of a lot more now than the first few seasons when they were like, oh, we're just going to put a few pictures of it in the magazine. Oh, yeah. But not only that, you know, getting the permits to shoot all that stuff in Europe or South America or whatever is probably a little more difficult as opposed to, like, if fucking Foundation is going on a road trip to Europe, they ain't getting permits. They're just showing up and hoping for the best. And that might be why, but as Viceland's reach gets further out around the world then they're probably going to be able to pull more strings. And I hope that they do. I could actually see it coming like next season maybe. I think they're at a point where... Well, they went to Hawaii last year. Yeah. I don't think it would be a shocker if like they got on a plane to fucking Barcelona. Or London. Yeah, London, something like that. Europe, yeah. Oh, yeah, Barcelona. They could do Spain easy. Yeah. And I'd be all for that. I'd love to see them expand it. And because... Burnett has done such a good job over the years 
not just thinking of challenges that will be impossible and then actually get done and then blow our minds, but he's been good about figuring out ways to expand it in ways that it hasn't necessarily been done before because there's more money coming in. And if he keeps up this idea, and I hope that he does, then he shouldn't have any shortage of challenges or destinations for any of this.